we return to the dark gray mists in the land of Strahd, it is Podzilla1985 plays. You couldn't even let me go through the goddamn episode title. I was so close. Now the camera's turned on so I can glare at you intensely. Uh, I'm Cody Sandusky, your dungeon master, uh, going, coming back for one final episode before a Halloween hiatus of the Curse of Strahd. Yes, if you think taking a hiatus from this podcast is maybe atypical for a spooky time of year, don't worry. Hunter's got you covered, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But first, let's introduce the cast of characters for tonight's episode. He is the host of Schiller Vision on Swedish Television 1, playing Bjorn the Blood Hunter. It's Kaz over on the West Coast. I'm having a blast already. Uh, he has uh, been told just now that he is drinking Colombian decaffeinated coffee crystals. It's Rasmus Thomason being played by Double H. Why, you no good son of a bitch. As God is her witness, she'll kill us all, playing Zephyrus, Lindsay Wolfgong. Oh, that could be so, so true. And when asked how he feels about this entire episode... Angry. And Shannon Young, the creator and god of Podzilla 1985. I'm so glad that two of you picked up on where we were going with this. Cody, low-key, <laughs> low-key. That, that skit is, I always thought that was a fever dream, that it wasn't real. And then I saw it a couple years ago, and I was like, oh my god, I, that really happened on SNL. Yeah. That's one of my favorite skits. It's so good, and no one laughs. No, no. one laughs for the entire sketch. It's so awkward. It's so it awkward. Is. It was on, it's on the best of Farley, what ended up being the volume one DVD, because that's how I saw it the first time. And it was by far one of my favorite sketches on the entire disc. I saw that live on SNL the, the, the day it aired, because I've been watching SNL since I was a kid. And I, right. just, I just, again, I just thought it was, I thought I made it up in my head. Uh, it's so weird. You, I mean, you son of a believe. bitch. <laughs> Bottles flying as he goes. As he goes from like just being like what? Yeah, the, the slow turn. What? Oh, because they switched his coffee. <laughs> you no good son of a bitch. As God as my witness. Fates <laughs> walk awkwardly, and we cut to the satellite television feed from Shreveport, Louisiana. <laughs> oh my God, so good. Yeah, I had to come up with something for this week. I watched that skit before we started this episode. I was like, all right, cool. This is what we're doing. Better, Surely someone will. Better that than uh, the Mike Myers uh, skits where he was like, are you looking at my bum? Are you looking at my bum? The, again, we've said it. The only good one to come out of that is when Danny, Danny DeVito. DeVito was on. You looking at my ass? You looking at my ass? You looking at <laughs> Kaz, don't put that on uh, there. Look at my ass. Let's say you know that's what he's doing right now. He's working <laughs> on that fucking soundboard as we speak. I, I right. don't want to have to go, do like Jesse and end up muting the entire soundboard. I think the soundboard's fine. I haven't had any complaints <laughs> except when Tanner's on. When we do it... Except, <laughs> it's all about moderation. It's all about moderation. If you sat here all day doing this... Oh my God. Then that'd be a problem. But keep... Okay, but to be fair, that's the only one that I don't mind hearing on a regular basis. Oh, oh, my God. oh I'm sorry. Do you have something against dark gray mist? That's my personal. No, but favorite. Cody does. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not the one Cody hates now. Cody has a new one to hate. <laughs> Which one's that? I'm sure you know, Kaz. You fucking made it today. <laughs> and I'll beat you to the punch. Fine, we'll hit it once for good measure. Hold on a second. Here, kids. Fornicate internally. Laugh at my pain. You? Yep, there you go. What's All wrong right. with you? 
All right, I don't know, but we're in Barovia, so some sick shit happens here. When last we saw this band of characters, they were retreating. Well, retreating is probably a negative word. They were leaving uh, everything that had happened on top of Yester Hill. They must never go back to Yester Hill. Crazy things have happened. Uh, there was a tree that was bleeding. There were a lot of berserkers killed. A boy was thrown into the mouth of a living tree. Some weird shit happened. Like, if you have questions, there are several episodes discussing it. So go back and listen. Yes, I'm puzzlingnit85.com. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, <laughs> several. But we survived the combat. We're all better for it. And after that combat, our uh, newly, you know, crowned party member don't really know how the party's receiving her so far. But Sophie decided to definitely share her feelings. She and Rasmus specifically between the two of them on how she came to be in this location, how Rasmus feels about her being a part of this location at this they, time. They love her. She has been yeah. a hit immediately. Yeah. Yeah, when everyone asks, you know, when uh, no. Sophie's not on, <laughs> when Sophie's not on screen, everyone should be asking, "Where's Sophie?" <laughs> Wait, I got a legit question, yeah. um, and I forgot. Maybe I boop. I, I messed up. Did we level? Not yet. No. Okay. Cool. Cool. I was just making sure I wasn't. Okay. Cool. No, I. You, you will. Spoiler. You will be after this. For which, don't worry. We have a month to determine what you would like to do with it. Oh, so amp, ample time. Uh, yeah. So when last we left, as I remember correctly, a lot of it was dialogue between Rasmus and Sophie. Sophie kind of introducing herself and everything happening. We were walking toward the peak of Yester Hill where that Strahd effigy was and where Kashgar and Stefania were. I believe, had we reached the top of that hill yet? I don't know if I necessarily painted the picture I for that because I have so, where we left off. You, you mentioned she was there and, and the Kashgar was gone. It was like stabbed with the thingy. Yeah, okay, stuff. great. That's, uh, that's about where I was thinking, because I have a bunch of running notes from last week. The literal last thing that happened was Rasmus asking, what proof does she have that Aiden is where she says he is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was literally... Because basically the, the, the argument that was being made was not just generally, I don't trust you, but was more of a, how do I know that you're not leading us into a trap? Right. 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 And hopefully, okay. Cody's got something to interrupt that before she answers. <laughs> yes, a net falls out of Strahd's mouth. The effigy. Just everybody is ensnared. Uh, episode over. Great. Let's all go home. We'll reconvene. Why, Why you son of a bitch. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you guys. Uh, WGA may have totally agreed to uh, break or ending the strike. I have not. And so, thus, I have been in alignment with the WGA and have written nothing. <laughs> That's only if you create content. We don't do that. <laughs> you're right. We Unfortunately, just, you're basically regurgitate it. Yes. Uh, to, I, to answer Rasmus's question, Sophie, maybe not the best evidence in the world, and I'm not making this up on the spot, but she uh, she has a, a locket around her neck that she opens up to at least reveal to him a picture of the two of them together, uh, one on each side. And tells a, a small story about how it's all that she has left of their family and that all they have is each other. And some things are stronger than evil can corrupt. That's the best I got okay. at the moment. <laughs> Gonna have to come back to me later if you want more. Um, I, I think... I think Rasmus's immediate response to that would would be satisfied. Um, there is there is something to be said for okay, but that doesn't tell me that he's okay now. 
But at the same time, Rasmus recognizes that there's there's no good way for you to just prove that he's fine. Right. I mean, the only way I could have done that in an extremely like macabre way was if she like had a backpack. She's like, oh, yeah, she pulled his head out or something. And like the rest of them still at the castle and we need to get it back. And as as funny as that would have been. (laughs) Unless his head was still Um, alive via dark magic. But then Cody would be dipping into, uh, you know, you know, like uh, copyright uh, infringement on on that one game. What was that game called? Um, uh, Pachinko by Konami, right? That's the one. Uh, no, sorry, it was Pachinko Bloodlines, but they called it Pachinko: The New Generation over in Europe. Europe. Yeah, because they couldn't say yeah. because they couldn't say killer or anything like that or vampire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it was. I shouldn't say Pachinko either. What was the name of that game? It's going to drive me crazy. You know what I'm talking about? Where the, the no, girl, she, I'm doing a Castlevania bit. No, no, she's a cheerleader. You're talking about Lollipop Chainsaw? Lollipop Chainsaw. She's a cheerleader. Oh, she, yeah. And, and she has her boyfriend's oh head, like, at her I side. I mean, if you just wanted a live head going around with the protagonist, you could have just stuck with God of War, man. I never played it. Like, well, to be fair, I never played Lollipop Chainsaw either. But, yeah. Take you take said it's somewhere having an aneurysm take right now. <laughs> take well, then, hey, and then the lollipop don't do chainsaw. He needs his aneurysm. The boy is recovering. Please. Yeah, let's say. But, but then don't do that. The lollipop chainsaw went back in time and stopped the god of war from doing that. It's a whole time travel. The lollipop chainsaw, like that, was her name. That, as far as I know, it is. <laughs> He's like, you couldn't convince me otherwise. Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> Well, can't wait to throw that in my Google search history because I don't remember oh, a shit. damn thing about Lollipop Chainsaw. Oh, shit. Kaz about to ranch it up. Ranch! Random. He got delivered a pizza bowl! Legalized ranch. That's right. So if nobody wants this ranch, ranch, I guess I'll take it. Let's get him. Huh. <laughs> yeah, you guys dog shit. You're fucking dog shit. <laughs> Spoiler today okay. I learned a lollipop anyway. chainsaw was, yeah, just briefly it was a, a combined effort of Suda 51 yep. and James Gunn. Yep. Yeah, that checks out. I did out. not know that. Yep. <laughs> but that definitely that checks, checks out. out both parties involved. From uh, Romero High School, I believe, named after George Romero, yes. and I think her name was George Starling, I want to say something. I don't yes, know. Yes, I just looked that up. That is accurate. It's one of those games that when it came out everyone dogged and said it was terrible, but now has kind of got a cult following, so, you know, good for them. There you go. Yeah. All right. Cool. Great time was had by all. I'm pooped. Yeah. Okay, so you've shown your locket. Rasmus seems to believe you. Are you sharing this, I presume, with the rest of those in attendance? Is it more just a direct kind of conveyance oh, no. to Rasmus? Oh, no. It's it's like when someone says, I've got a picture of my kids. She's showing it to everyone, including people that have no idea who Aiden is. She's just putting it in everyone's face and going, that's me. That's him. I mean, I'm still alive. Erwin remembers Aiden, so at least one of the people there, and Muriel does as well. Adrian has no idea. Stefania and Claudia have no clue, but clearly they're kind of huddled in a family unit right now, the three of them, so you're less talking to them and we're just talking in the area where they may be. Right. Yeah, she's basically saying out loud to anyone that will listen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Erwin... Owen's, you know, he's still kind of, the deep breathing is still happening. He's kind of coming down off the high of, you know, trying to slaughter a tree of his own accord. So, you know, that uh, that blood rage is still kind of pumping in his veins. But he's coming down a little bit. He's fairly receptive to you. 
Uh, Muriel, again, isn't saying anything. She doesn't seem like, you know, from what you would observe, it doesn't feel like it's her place, but she's intently listening. She's very much intrigued. I would like for all of you, as you kind of go through this conversation, I would like for all of you to give me a perception check. Coming right, right up, Cody. So That was visceral. I, I don't know why that felt weird. <laughs> God damn it. I'm already hitting ones. I got a I'm still a wolf. She's I'm still in wolf form, so I get uh, 11 plus 7 is an 18 advantage. She, uh, <laughs> for the record, Sophie is so wrapped up in, in her own like world talking about Aiden and showing everybody the locket, she don't see nothing. Okay. She's focused. So, so 14, 3. Uh, is this hearing 18. or smell? Loosely hearing. I will, in t- typical play, it would not grant you advantage, but I will give you advantage on this for a different reason. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Literally all of you but Sophie. <laughs> As you're standing in this arena, Bjorn, you've heard this voice a little bit. But for all of you, you have inside of your heads. It's almost as if someone is talking to you aloud, but they are not. This is all internal. Damn voice again. You! You all are not of this domain, not of my lands. But I smell your fury against the devil here. Take me from this monster's heart. Use me in waged war against this evil that has beset my people. I want the taste of blood. I'm going to turn towards that statue, and I'd like to inspect the thing that's stabbed in it. Okay, absolutely. As you kind of walk toward it, you will notice, and this is maybe uh, because you guys weren't here terribly long before you ran the battle, it's a little high up. I am going to need, if you're actually going to like try to get to it, I need an athletics check. Can I just use levitate? You sure can. Because <laughs> I have that ability to cast. Yeah. Well, that's no, going on. I'm kind of looking at everybody else going, did you, are you hearing, everybody else looks oh, kind of shocked too. Are we all hearing this? Because I'm assuming we don't know that each other heard, we're each hearing it. Yeah, it's like, it was all internal in your head. So at yeah, least that's so all you all know. Out seeing if other people are hearing this or if I'm just still fucking like doubly batshit crazy. So yeah, I'm gonna cast levitate so I can get up to its level and yeah. be easily in view of it. Okay, uh, you are in view of it. It is a black, almost like obsidian-looking spear. the The wood that is uh, holding that spear, like the the hilt of it, looks to almost be. You, you don't think it is, but it's like almost ebony. Like this whole thing just seems to be imbued, whether like naturally or otherwise, with this darkened color. Like it's stained almost from its time in this place. Yeah, and you pick up as you kind of levitate toward it, you feel very quickly that there's a presence there and that it's centralized currently from this item. Okay. All right, well, just straight up, <clears throat> don't love the idea of uh, talking swords. Um, <laughs> so at least from where I am, I'm just going to be like, Zephra, 
You want me to pull it out? <laughs> Sophie, Sophie's gonna nod and say, "Pull it out." I'm not. I'm not gonna say not to, but like, do I'm it. Tighten my grip on my shield. I, do I, I don't like this idea at all. <clears throat> okay, I guess it's a terrible Yours idea. Just screaming, I'll, do it. I'll go ahead and grab onto it, and then since it is working as an anchor for me, put my feet on the statue and kind of like. Okay. Attempt to pull it out. Uh, I need a strength check from you. Sword in oh, wow. the stone. That was a good one. I have no bonuses to strength, so let's royalty. see how bad this goes. <laughs> Just don't do like me. Do better. <laughs> I got a four. You're going to watch me struggle. You, you feel a, a slight shift. There's not much given to it, and I, again, I'm sure you're picturing the same thing I am. You have both feet firmly planted on this effigy while you're just trying to rip it out. <laughs> okay. <That's, clears throat> Bjorn sees her struggling and would, like, need help. Like, it just kind of, like, yells from below. I mean, I'll take whatever aid I can get. <laughs> so, how far up is this thing? She levitated. Am I, is this uh, it's about 15 feet. Cody, Cody, could I? Yes. Seeing what's happening, could I use Mage Hand to reach up there and grab that thing out? Mm. This, this is where I have to remember what Mage Hand's limits are, because uh, so, this being a very typical thing, so I've never used it. Reading it to you, Spectral Floating Hand appears at a point you choose within range. Hand lasts for the duration or until you miss, dismiss it as an action. Vanishes yep. if it is more than 30 feet away from you or if you cast a spell again. Use your action to control the hand. You can use the hand to manipulate an object, open and lock door or container, slow or retrieve an item yep. from an open container, or pour the contents out of a vial. So I assume that would manipulate an object that would fall under that? Yeah. I was Between Zephra, Mage Hand, and Bjorn, you said you're going to try to climb up and do that? I right, let's just let's get that thing out of here, all three of us. Okay. While Rasmus is down there holding the hilt just like this. Is it'll be, yeah, it'll be all three of you because Rasmus <laughs> is actively voicing his... His uh, dis dis uh, interest in this being a thing. I just have this very comical look of like all three of us just like hanging on to this thing, just trying to fucking damn this to get it off. And oh, wait, no, sorry, two of us, and then there's this weird wispy yeah, hand. this ethereal hand, a, a half wolf form, and a six foot plus blue individual. <laughs> yeah. So for all, all three of your combined efforts, uh. I'll give the opportunity just to ask: Are y'all co coordinating your effort to pull it out, or y'all just randomly pulling? Because we would like to team. coordinate. Sure. All right, Cody. While while they're doing this, can I ask Erwin if he has any idea? Or I'm sorry, Erwin and his collected people, like yeah, yeah. if they have any idea what this thing is. Erwin and Muriel, because again, those are the two kind of focused. Adrian and them probably are paying attention, but haven't made a move toward you all at this point. Uh, Erwin is kind of hitting you with a puzzled look, but Egon during Stay Puffed. He is he is lost for the capacity of rational thought, doesn't really know. Muriel, for what it's worth, has a short sword drawn, kind of like you have been preparing with your shield. Mm -hmm. But her her look is of morbid curiosity, almost as if she heard the message as well. Oh, good. Good, yeah. <laughs> Everybody look, go get a weapon. Women in look, women in lakes is no is no way to distribute a system of government. That's right. right. Them dis distributing swords is no 
viable system of government. I you know, wooden, wooden effigies, watery tarts, all are poor decisions to make here. <laughs> I also uh, remember the damn quote. So all three of you, uh, with your combined effort, you draw this thing out. It takes a couple of good pulls, but you come out with it. Uh, Zephra, I assume Levitate allows you to safely descend. Yes. Yeah, Bjorn, you know, I mean, you're coming down with this thing. Are you kind of ditching a hold on it to brace yourself and do the superhero landing, or how are you handling that? I'm, well, I'm assuming that she's going to, like, it's probably I was gonna better. I say, for... if you let go, I'll keep a hold of it. Like, exactly. That's... I'm going to let it go, and I'm going to superhero land. Okay. So, Zephra, I will take it that you are holding it as you come down to the ground. Yes. Uh, all of you, and again, including Erasmus, Sophie, you hear it this time as well. Uh, as this is pulled out, you there's no shaking this time. Like There's no trees, there's no earthen movement, as you can tell. You just kind of feel a sense of relief wash over, but with a, still a bit of agitation. It's almost as if the spear is collectively sighing for a moment. Now we save that cute little spear. Well, this is something new. Uh, I will note for what it's worth that the vacated stab wound for the um, Strahd effigy is still trickling a little bit of blood but not nearly what it what the Goltheus tree was when you were stabbing it. So you may think it's residual, something along those lines. All of you hear this just visceral sigh, and it's like, I have waited many, many days, many years for someone, something to allow me the chance to strike down the real behind this visage. But Cody, but I know anything uh, about this. Probably not. And for the short time you've been here, more than likely not. I would actually say if any of you, any of you from outside the area, probably not, because this seems fairly within the Barovian landscape. All of do you hear. Does any of the other ones? I'm assuming they hear this, but are they recognizing the voice? Are they like, "Hey, that's Phil"? So and so. Yes, it is Phil. He introduces himself. Hi, I am, I am Phil Spector, famous English record producer. No, no, well, uh, Phil Graves. Uh, no, you get the sense that Irwin and Muriel for sure are also hearing this, but they are kind of taken aback. Because again, much like the rest of you, you're hearing this inaudibly, but all of you in your heads are hearing seemingly the same thing. It's a weird feeling. Uh, this spear, this entity, allow me to introduce myself. Kavan is my name. I am, from many generations past, a member of the forest folk. They, as some of you may know, my peoples oh, from across good. the reins. Across the plains, that is our name. We, I, my people, the Kavani, sought to worship the land. We abandoned civilized life in this plain to become one with the land. That is, of course, before the darkness set upon this place. 
those with whom you have become recently ensnared are forsaken descendants of my people. Those who have been manipulated, twisted by he who darkens this land. Those of my ilk have long, unfortunately, been whether led astray or slaughtered by those led astray. Hold to perhaps but a few. I myself am no longer of this mortal plane, but am instead housed in this black iron shell, seeking to do, to be used to resolve the darkness that has blighted my home. <clears throat> well. Okay. That's a lot. That's heavy. Um, we perhaps can help each other. So. Perchance. I will, <clears throat> as you all pick about Irwin and Irwin specifically, Muriel seems again a bit confused. Irwin kind of just generally explains the words We've all heard, again, kind of a little confused by all of this, are from tales we know. The Keepers of the Feather are aware of the Cavani and the schism that led to the loss of many lives. The name of Cavan has been a, a, a legend, a memory. This, and Erwin kind of gestures at what you're holding, Zephra, this weapon, the spear has been rumored about in times past, but none of us, as he kind of gestures to all of the five of them that are here from the Martikov clan or the Keepers of the Feather, have seen or heard it mentioned in years. This is not a thing we knew to exist. Cody, if this thing is is hinting or suggesting that it's even... Faye related in some way. As a half elf, would I know anything about this? You I'm, would... I'm extremely skeptical for what it's <laughs> right. I, I I know the Fae to be tricksters. Mm-hmm. Um I d I don't love the idea of this thing just going, yeah, just use me. That'll be fine. Uh go ahead and give me an insight check. Insight? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Insight's pretty good. I got a plus seven to insight. And for what it's worth. I also hunt Faye, so I have a. a Shannon knows what's going through my head. For learning more. So. (laughs) That's a 17 plus 7. So a 24. Okay. Yeah. So uh, with you having a knack for Faye as well, like I said, you've hunted Faye in the past, Bjorn. Go ahead and you give me an insight as well. See if we can make this happen. Well, I mean, if it makes you feel any better, the man rolled a twenty-four. He he might he might well be on top of it. Thirteen, okay. Fourteen, okay. Uh, Bjorn, as it stands, you take the spear at, or at least the voice you're hearing coming from the spear at face value. Yeah. You believe it to be that if it is a Fey origin, it is not seeking any manipulation. Uh, Rasmus, you the great and almighty feel. Yes. Uh, Rasmus, you are, again, incredibly aware of what Faye 
means in many of the planes. As you understand it from Kavan, the spear, Fey is more just the generic phrase for what his people would be. They are people of the Force. They were previously druids, things of that sort, but the energy you're getting off of him is not Fey in the manipulative, chaotic sense. Okay. More so, so the more about upper, from that space, but they don't necessarily carry those specific traits. Correct. Yeah, you, you would take him to be, and you know, upon prompting, he kind of, again, being a talking spear has a little bit of insight to what some people are thinking about in this in this pole realm, would reinforce the forest folk side of this. They okay. are druids, worshippers of nature, attuned to nature. That's more of what they believe themselves to be. Mm-hmm. Is there any association with this thing with the creatures that were at the farm? That the sp- the the shooting of the <clears throat> the blights. Blight, yeah, yeah. If you bring that up, he will again reiterate. Like we had some trouble yeah. with the trees over a yeah. while back. I I take it from that that discussion that those druids, the corrupted ones that were worshipping and sacrificing to the Gultheus tree, have spread further than Yester Hill. Th- and these they, people are like not on your side, like not your thing, perhaps. No, no. You, you, it's almost it's almost as if if this spear could spit at the ground at the thought of that, it would do it. At, How about that, the idea that, that of helping us take this farm back against these evil doers, these evil creatures? You, <laughs> I like it. You, you specifically, you, Wolven One. Oh, I've, I've been calling to you. You seek bloodshed on the fields of war. That's true. <laughs> I wish to be used this this vessel, as it were, to be utilized to clear the land of Strahd and his kind. Any who seek to poison the ground, dull the air, the water, the skies, this land is poisoned, and the poison generates from Castle Ravenloft and Strahd von Zarevich. I wish nothing more than this spear, this vessel, to be used to rid this land of it. Oh, it's time to suck the poison out, my new friend. <laughs> I look I look over at Rasmus and I see he's just kind of shaking his head, not quite sure about this whole situation, but Well, I'm pretty damn sure. <laughs> I'm I'm quite sure. He is tempted to hand it over to Bjorn, but I'm gonna keep a hold of it for now. <laughs> okay. I, I like where I, I like the the prospects here. I, I I'm I'm feeling yeah, warm. I bet you do. <laughs> Uh, Zephra, as you are currently holding on to that uh, spear, go ahead and give me an arcana check. Okay. Can do that. Please do better. Blood, blood, blood. A whole lot of an eight. (laughs) Okay. You at least know enough to know that this item would need attunement. Okay. So someone would have to spend time becoming connected to this before it could be used to its fullest potential. Just for the hell of it, I'm going to ask everyone, so 
Does anyone know how to attune themselves to a weapon? Cody, would I know any of this? <laughs> I'm going to keep hitting on that. Yeah, I, I'm sure you would just general. I mean, you've you come from before Sophie ended up here. You have some lineage with monster, with monster hunters, hunters and yeah. all of that. Yeah. Yeah, and she's quite skilled um, in the arcane and et cetera, et cetera. I was actually going to ask how you felt about all this seeing is it's talking around things you've been relatively connected to recently. Uh, well, you said she, but she doesn't know anything about it, right? Like she's not familiar with this particular item or anything. No, not with the Kavani or the Kavani or any of that again. Cause I assume you've only been, how long did you say last episode? A few months you've been here and most of it's been in castle Ravenloft. Right. Yeah, so she's yeah, this is, she's soaking it in like everybody else. She's uh, she's a little confused. Yeah, at, at least in in terms of attunement, you would understand. And again, I'll kind of pull back the DM screen briefly to talk about. For attunement, typically it requires like sitting with an item for twenty four hours or a period of time. You have to spend time becoming magically connected to it. So to at least gain its benefits. So if for a loose example, if you had a a magical plus one sword. You could use the sword by itself for its standard damage, but you would have to become attuned to it for you to gain the full benefits of whatever its modifier would be on top of that. So who wants to become attuned to it? All I can say is it feels like Bjorn is just drawn to it, whether it's attunable or not, and his understanding of attunement is debatable. <laughs> okay. He just senses that there's a uh, that that thing can do things. The hot bet it can. It can do things. Yeah, I think that's. It true. can do things. Yeah. Good, bad, I don't know. Indifferent. Uh, blood. Blood. <laughs> tell, tell me, Rasmus, are you openly vocalizing these objections, or is this more oh, just yeah. internalized still? Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Oh, no, Rasmus is quite loud and proud about this is a bad idea. Um, I mean. <laughs> okay. It may be a bad idea, but what other options do we have? I love bad ideas. I'm already dead. You're you're a walking bad idea. We know. (laughs) We're aware. (laughs) Sophie will look at the rest of the group and say, I I mean, I'm already damned. There's not much worse that could happen to me. Yeah, I mean, this is is the thing. Rasmus comes from a a very... um, by the book place right and we we've we've known that to be the case for a long time now so uh again i know it sounds jokey but it really is that monty python bit of like you know distributing spears uh (laughs) to people that speak to them and waging war with them is is no system (laughs) of of uh again I i okay legitimately i think he would at one point in time make a point to say that we didn't come here to wage war. Like I understand that, that there are things that need to be done and I don't disagree with that. Um, but what you're talking about, where does it end? And so Kavan hears you like the spear hears you. And he, he strictly says the death of Strahd. I care not for honestly any people in this land, except for those Kavani that remain those devoted to the land and its well being. I despise the darkness brought to this land. I despise the settlement of this land. I wish for Barovia and my descendants to return back to a primal, earthen-connected way of living. But war in the purest sense at this point means purging Strahd from here. Hearing that, 
that that strikes a chord with Sophie, and she starts to remember a little bit that that might be why she came here in the first place. That her and her brother had heard about Strahd, had heard tales about Barovia, and that being the monster hunters that they are, him being a little bit more flashy and her being a little bit more earnest, that she came first to try to put a stop to this, and somewhere along the way, she got lost. So she's all for I, that. I still don't know why I'm here. Like, it's, it's never been made clear to me. We all just sort of showed up one day. I was called to it. And so no 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 distinction has been ever made to Rasmus about this is why I felt compelled to come here to do this. Um, that's part of the reason that I'm so hesitant to be compelled to do anything else because it hasn't worked out so great so far. Um, but reluctantly, admittedly... Um, his curiosity, my curiosity has peaked a little bit at the idea that this thing is discussing the destruction of Strahd and then the way, the fact that things could go back to the way they were. So I think Rasmus would at least let a little, a uh, little slip in the armor go and, and actually ask, you know, and do you believe if Strahd is destroyed that all those under his control will be released? That is all I understand. That is all I know in terms of my singular focus is that if Strahd is eliminated, this land will be purified. So then Rans was putting two and two together is going to go with the mentality of if Strahd is gone, I might get to go home. Look, I'm not going to allow myself to be attuned to this thing. If you want to do what you must, but understand I'm going to be keeping a close eye on you when that is the case. Out of curiosity, and while this is going on, Bjorn is kind of very much internal, still kind of eyeballing this thing, and thinking back over the past couple of, I'm I'm assuming days and nights, but I know time is kind of like Furio here. Um, He's been hearing voices of different ilks, like up on this hill, back at the house, previously at a couple of places back with the preacher guy. And I'm kind of, and he's starting to wonder, I'm trying to work out why he's here as well. And he knows why he chased something here as far as for his history that ruined his, uh, his, his home village. And he's kind of, is this a voice that, is this tied together or is this just his crazy meeting uh, magic? I would say at least for yourself, you're probably not sure if this is the voice that's been calling you, but if you voice any of that out loud, or do you plan to voice any of that out loud? Or yeah, just I, at this dialogue? point, I'm just like I've been like I'm sure the team has been seeing kind of weirdness beyond the wolfness. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> weirdness beyond the wolfness. Beyond the wolfness. I got to change the name to weirdness beyond the wolfness. You keep talking. And, and so at this point, I am just gonna kind of like verbalize this. Like this is. It's been in my head. What is this? What's what's going on? Um, could this be an explanation? Uh, Kevon will will call out to you. I know not if I am the voice that you have been hearing the entire draw to this place. I cannot speak to that, but I will say that I can join alongside the voices if it will serve to provide you purpose alongside my purpose of ridding this land of its poison. 
Well, that definitely gives him pause. gives him gives him thinking. And as this, he's still staring at this thing. hasn't looked. hasn't broken away. Even when he was speaking it kind of out loud, he was still speaking it at the the object, but allowed yeah. for everybody to hear it, but wasn't his intent. I will specifically to you, Bjorn, of the entire group so far. Partially because you heard the spear first, partially because it's it's witnessed in some form or fashion your attempts at combat one-on-one with Keshgar, you probably feel the strongest draw to this, and vice versa. Would it, to com- commune with the team here, as far as uh, like w- w- how are we feeling about this 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 option that you would take. The, I personally the- would like a little more information on this tale, so I would suggest we continue this conversation as we get everybody else back where they belong i would say time is of the essence and we need to go now so a tune she just points at it and points at you it just keeps going a tune a tune <laughs> tune a tune i'm totally down for it like i if, if, if we as a group are are, are good with it i'm, I'm happy to a tune, a tune. I'm sure. I'm sure some parties of the group are not very uh, down with it. I, Rasmus has been voicing his concern. Irwin, freedom. Ir- Irwin chimes in. I- I've been hearing the voice. I-, I understand the spear speaking to us. I and my family, for one, are probably not the most aligned with the vitriol towards settled peoples in Barovia, though (sighs) anyone else or anything else aspiring to rid this land of Strahd likely isn't the worst entity we've come across, seeing as my family has had to stay secretive to achieve something similar to that mission for this many years now. Uh, Sophie... Sophie's going to turn to Mist and Mist right behind Bjorn and whisper in his ear, a tune, a tune, a tune, a tune. <clears throat> I thought I gave you one use of that Mist. Hey, look, we're using it in non-combat <laughs> roles. It's just, you know, it's for fun. She can use it as a party favor. So, somebody, somebody hit me with a gif of flavor. All right, I got you. Hold on. <laughs> he did it for the rock. God damn it. I asked and I received. I sure did. Also completely unimportant, but I do feel the need to mention that uh, Hunter, apparently Resident Evil 4 for the iPhone is going to cost $60. $60. Saw that. Okay, so, cool. It's a shame, too, because I didn't even think the actual remake on consoles was worth 60 bucks, but here we are. <laughs> uh, so, spoiler alert, new enemy. We're attacking Apple and Capcom. That's not okay. That's not okay. If, if, if we get to rid the world of Strahd and Capcom and Capcom's all this, give me this thing. Let's yeah. do this now. Capcom's Wait, I thought next. I thought we were taking Konami out so we can get Castlevania back. Uh, <laughs> burn them all. Okay, yeah. So subconsciously, I'm just kind of like, I'm reaching out. So. Yeah, there is, uh, of all of you so far, uh, Brasmus, you're pretty clearly not finding a connection with the spear. Like, there's there's no, no love loss, at least. You don't feel animosity coming for, toward you from it, but you don't feel a draw because it uh, probably there's a sense that there's a barrier there. Yeah. Uh, Zephra. This is also sorry. This is also another thing where the, the, Erasmus again is a very religious character. This mm-hmm. feels not that. 
it feels very much not that. Um, there is nothing. There is nothing in any of Ilmater's dogma or anything like that of him inhabiting weapons in that way. Um, and and this this feels cursed, for lack of a better term. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, I like curses. That just makes me want to more. Shit, you don't say, Wolfman. Wolfman. <laughs> Wolfman. Hi, uh, Wolfman. Hey, Bjorn Wolfman. As it stands, yes, that's my legal name. Please call me, call me Bjorn. My father was Mr. Wolfman. <laughs> I finally uh, learned his last name. That's right. All this time, son of a bitch is right there in front of us. All right. So, uh, as Bjorn, you feel the draw. Not like a. Co- I, I'm not going to go so far as to say a compelling to like pull you in, but you can tell there and the spear back to you feels there's kindred spirits involved in this. So. That is where your connection currently lies. Uh, Erwin and Muriel will kind of chime in as Adrian kind of leads Claudio and Stefania back to the party to request. Pray tell, is it time for us to return back to the vineyard? My family needs help. Health and rest. Yes. And my kids Again, need wine. The discussion can continue once we get them back. <laughs> Who are you to resist, huh? Yes. Yeah, I yes. very much, I very much think that that's a good idea. we're not the ones that stay in this world of stuff goes upside down. So, because it's a lengthy journey, we're going to kind of sp- speed through a little bit of y'all descending Yester Hill. I mean... The thing's fucking gargantuan. It's uh, yeah, well, it's big. Gas knows. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, ran <laughs> the whole, I ran from there, the, to there, <laughs> and it took me five days. He well, he walked up hills both days in the snow. It was a in, goddamn journey in the wolf snow. In the I had wolf to eat snow, three people just to keep fueling. The wolf snow. So. <laughs> You know, the tag team partner of Al Snow during that very forsaken Sunday night heat run. <laughs> All right. So the descent of Yester Hill going toward, well, I mean, as you get to the wagons, it's still a, a decent ride down because remember you abandoned the wagons around the stone circles. But you do with Erwin uh, and Muriel leading the two wagons, Adrian and his group kind of hunker together in the one wagon. Uh is there anything of special note between all of you as you take that journey? Like I said, it's probably about a half day to get there, and it's probably going to be nightfall by the time you get back to the Wizard of the Wines. Um, so that's what a short rest. Yeah. Oh, good point, Cody. How does my right. uh, how does my bloodlust work? I I don't know how does your bloodlust work. I just want to make sure your I I divinity back. <laughs> Mine's violent. I just assume yours is t- nice teeth. Thank blood you. lust, blood lust. Why am I What's, seeing uh, your blood lust? What do you get in the way of spell slots back? Anything? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, I don't, short, short, I don't think you get any. I didn't think so either. Yeah. But I, yeah, short, short, rest only, yeah, short rest only resets whatever allows it to, like if you have special traits, and then you can roll hit die if yeah. you need to. There yeah, channel divinity, I got that. I I think everybody's mostly healed up, because I, I yeah. busted I say, um, that one spell. Yeah. Whoop. 
What are the hit die for? I, I apologize. I don't understand. So if you were to do a short rest and you weren't at full HP, you could exhaust a certain number of hit die to gain HP back. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Thank you yeah. for that. But you only get, say, if you have five, you can roll however many or few you want in a short rest, but they don't reset until a long rest. Right. So if we were running like stupid long dungeons and you wanted 30 minute breaks, that'd be the way to do that. Well, did cool. y'all hear that background? Apparently the whole uh, town is burning. Oh no! I heard a siren there for a brief moment. So yeah, Ooh. that's that's not great in that part of the country. Ooh. That's... Shannon, Shannon, uh, the the crowd, you're losing them. You want to hit them with the uh, flappy dicky? Oh, me though. No, no, not that one. Whoa. Whoa. Do that. <laughs> He's giving me a deal here. <laughs> oh. What is wrong with you? It's <laughs> accurate. There you go. Okay, so and then if you listen closely afterwards, she had a good. Sorry, I'm sorry. Dark sorry. gray mist. Uh, there it goes. More going by. This is still going on. I, yeah, I saw your concerned facial expression. Yeah. So uh, while while uh, Kaz goes to find out what is happening over on the west coast, I'll just uh, briefly describe that the. The party has generally, again, it's nightfall. You've kind of, due to the healing from Rasmus, you're not having to tend to too many wounds, but you're generally making your travels back. Unless anyone like directly engages with Kavan in the spear, there's not much in the way of talk from him in the moment. It seems as though he has said all he wishes to say. Sounds good to me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard all I needed to know. I just want... Give me. Give me that. Give me that. I mean, give if me I was keeping a close eye on you before... I do like a, a, a wolf and grin. Like... <laughs> <That's not laughs> Wait, are you still a clip. wolf? Yes. Oh, my God. I'm just, how long can he do this? Now, I'm like, I've embraced it. How long how can long he can do, do this? this? That's a good point. Let me pull out your features and traits because I forget how long he can do this. He can do it all I day. <laughs> Up to an hour. I can so do this hours. all day. <laughs> Up to an hour. Wait, how many hours? It says up to an hour. Oh, One hour. <laughs> I don't assume so you that bad. Singular, not now. plural. <laughs> yeah, up to an. Okay. Okay, wait. Do I get it back after? I get it back after a short rest. God damn, he's gonna literally de. So you gotta take the back. short rest as a I wolf. Short. <laughs> it's thirty minutes. Your ride back is probably in human form. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely ride back in human form while I rest up and get my ability to pre to go wolf form again. God damn it! For so one hour. <laughs> that's okay. I'll use it wisely. Right now, I, yeah. What, what do you do after the battle in wolf form? Do you sit down and eat some chips? Like, he probably you, passes the fuck out. Do you write in your journal? Just mm. yes, I do. That's exactly what I do. I write in my journal. Actually, he's the you in Warcraft. He's the wolf, but he's got the glasses. Yes, and the yeah, <laughs> yes. He goes to the local eatery and says, "Good day, ma'am. I'm looking for <laughs> your best pies." You're on the little chains too, so I can. We pull gotta it stop Warren Zeva and go to sue somebody. <laughs> <laughs> God, Strahd Zarevich as Donald Sterling. Get the <laughs> wolves out of my Barovia. Oh, that guy. 
<laughs> oh my god, okay. So you have to be born to the Clippers game. <laughs> Alright, so the oh run and the run back to Wizard of Wines is, is uneventful. Nightfall has you know befallen as you guys make your way through. Nothing untoward happens on the path again. The the blood spear, as uh, Kavan has referred to himself, is staying quiet. At least not openly conversing with everybody. It's kind of set its peace for the time being. Uh, as you all arrive closer to the Wizard of Wines, like you've had your opportunity to rest up a bit. Are you like on guard for what you left? Are you more relaxed? Like, how are you feeling as you approach this place? Because at least I mean, from your perspective in the wagon, nothing is out of out of turn. I have never once been I there, know that. So. Yeah, once I know that we're getting close enough, then yeah, I'm at least going to be on guard. I'm going to, you know, strap my shield back onto my arm and all that. Same. Okay. I'm going to be on guard because we okay. don't know if we're going to have that to go back up against or not. Okay. I would uh, ask for you. I'm still I would, entranced. I would like to uh, have at least for the the three of you attentively, you know, watching. Give me an insight or a perception check. Excuse me. Perception check. Ooh. Nat 20 with plus two, so it's fun to two. So Zephra is incredibly perceptive. 14 and 7 is a 21. Okay. Fuck yeah. Sophie, did you say it doesn't matter? Yeah, you said the ones that are paying attention. Like I said, she's never been here before, so she doesn't know what's That's going on. So she, she is just lost in her own little world. She is staring blankly out just at the horizon. The dark horizon. Okay. Wait, I was part of the, that three? No, you were you were focusing on Kavan. Yeah, like, I, yeah I figure you're I'm yeah, distracted. You're, yeah, you're yeah. there. So for the two of you, uh Zephra and uh Rasmus, alongside Irwin. Uh, as as he's in the front of the wagon driving, and Muriel probably up front alongside, uh, you get the sense of uh, he kind of just says it audibly. Where is it all? Oh no! You, uh, the two of you specifically, you, you don't see any tree blights. You don't see any of the blights that you were seeing when you were there. But you also don't see any fruit on any of these vines either. Well, this doesn't bode well. It's it's as if, and as you were riding in further, uh, if you were to look from the perspective of like coming out of the wagon, Irwin's just kind of like pivoting his head back and forth, just looking, scrambling desperately. At least from your vantage point, nothing, nothing plant-based is alive, or at least looks alive right now. Okay, but we have one of the gems, right? We're just missing the other two. Mm-hmm. Shit, I forgot about the gems. So you have the one from the Gulfius tree, and Erwin. Mm-hmm. You feel the wagon kind of pick up a pace a little bit as you get toward the house or get toward you know the the winery. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
almost to the point where he has to like slam back the reins pretty quickly. Like he was getting a little faster than he should, uh, trying to take a long run off a short pier. He kind of pulls mm-hmm. up on it, and you hear him and Muriel dismount, and the other wagon with Adrian and his family kind of come in short order. Do you, as you all, I assume, disembark. I won't speak for you all if you wish to do that. Oh, yeah. I'm hop out of the yeah. wagon, definitely. You, you, all, you all get to the point where you see Erwin like, scramble toward the vineyard area, probably the closest corner of a vineyard field that you could see. And almost instinctively, he's just like digging at the dirt with his hands. And trying to like, you see him pull that the gem out and kind of stick it in the ground and just pack all the dirt on and kind of just press his hands on it. Just trying to do something. Muriel kind of stands near to you all as Adrian, Stefania, and Claudia, you know, disembark from their wagon. You hear just kind of a, a deep breath come from Adrian as he walks past all of you. He doesn't really acknowledge any of you. He walks to his brother, kind of sets his hand on his shoulder. And it's not a terrible distance, but they're far enough from you that you can't hear what's being said, but you can kind of tell Adrian is saying something to Erwin. And you just... You see Erwin kind of like... Going from like a prayerful setting his hands on the gym to like... Almost like he's doing CPR. He jams his hands on that gym or the mound of dirt... Uh, that fresh dirt where he has kind of buried the gym shallowly presses it in three or four times. And he just kind of lets his hands fall to his side. It's not as dramatic of a posture as the, the bit I'm about to reference, but it's almost like the end of platoon with Charlie Sheen. Like he's just on his knees. His hands are to his side. The, the posture from your perspective, you're seeing him at his back, his shoulders just slump, and it's almost like the spirit just leaves him. Uh, I mean, I don't want to intervene too much in family business here, but I imagine at some point in time I would step forward and, like, you know, put a hand to his shoulder and say, it's but one of them, right? There's more to come. Erwin doesn't acknowledge the hand on the shoulder. Adrian looks at you and gives kind of a, a small nod of acknowledgement. And he just says, yes, but with all of them being gone, he kind of takes a deep breath and just the weight of it sets on him for a second. He kind of looks at you, Rasmus. I believe my brother's fear is my own. Even if the gems are returned, the land and its fruits may not. This is the first that this land has been left without two of the gems. And he kind of throws that out in acknowledgement of what had been discussed previously of what has happened to one of them in the past. This is the longest this land has been without even two of the gems in its, in its earth. We are in unknown territory. 
and surely what was done to those who have aligned themselves with him does not bear positively toward the fate of our our home and our people. So this is right, really poisoned, as we've been told. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm making my decision. Bjorn, if you want this, take it. I've still been holding it, and I'm offering it out to him. Give me that. I'll take it. I, he just, like, actually, when she holds it out that way, he just kind of snaps out of this kind of focused trance. He's been just watching it and just kind of keeping an eye on it from even side-eyeing it. But the moment she does it, it kind of, like, jolts him. Um so he pauses before he takes it because now he's kind of like realizing the gravity of it. Um, and so he just kind of, not reluctantly, but definitely slowly kind of like reaches out and takes it. Holds it in front of him, just kind of like stares it down. Um, and from his point of view, like the moment that he got his hand on it, he started to kind of better understand like what this attunement uh, uh, process is kind of all about. Yeah. As that's I'm happening... Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I've got something I'm pulling, so you're good. Um, oh my gosh, I keep getting my names mixed up, even though I haven't written down not Irwin, but the other one, Adrian, the guy, Adrian, the brother. Yeah, yeah. Um, as that's happening, then uh, Rasmus lifts his hands from from Irwin's shoulder, and he does kind of like a very resigned sigh as that happens, and says, "Well, then we remove the cause of the blight itself." He says that to Adrian, the yeah. other one, since yeah. he's the one giving him the information. I mean, it's it's very much a I don't like this. I still don't like this plan, but it now it now officially does feel like the only thing we can do. And uh, yeah. with all of that going on, Sophie turns away from everybody and stares out, and then smiles to herself a little grin. And that's all I'll say. Don't like that. Don't like that. Uh, just to give briefly out of character to let you know, I sent, uh, if any of you wish to know the details, I can provide them to you, uh, because he's currently going to be under the process of a tuning, I sent Kaz the details on that item. So. I figured. Uh, yeah. So yeah. he's aware. If you're curious later, we can discuss that. Uh, Kaz, Bjorn, I will say to you that as you, uh, as you take it into your hands, just between you and the spear, you hear, you were the one I wished to bond to. Of those in this group, you seem the thirstiest for blood. Not to consume, but to spill. I find no greater way to free this land than that. So that's where you stand right now. Uh, Rasmus, as you say, go ahead. No, go ahead. He doesn't necessarily acknowledge anything vocally or what have you outside of just this internal feeling of acknowledgement, of understanding, of, 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 I wouldn't really call it agreeing, but just knowing that that is a true uh, assumption. Um, And as he's holding it here, he just kind of like looks up at, um, um, oh God, my brain just stopped working, Lindsay. I'm sorry. Zephra. Oh, Zephra. 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 Ah. Uh, looks up at Zephra as just kind of an acknowledging kind of nod 
and then just kind of turns away and starts walking kind of slowly away from the group. Okay. We will uh, pick up on that in a little bit, perhaps after our hiatus. Uh, Rasmus, you, uh, specifically Adrian, looks at you and says, if you wish to play party to this, and I understand you as a as a man of honor and a man of faith to not wish to muddy yourself with this he gestures vaguely at everything uh, my family our clan appreciate that but for now my son my wife we all need rest let it let us oh. Let us at least gain a night of rest, and we can reconvene on what paths we wish to take on the morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Rasmus very much was not of the intention that this is something that should be taken uh, lightly or quickly, um, Mm -hmm. despite the fact that he's still not a fan of of, uh, this attunement situation. Um, he's also going to need time to do that. And if we're going to do this, we have to do it with some fidelity. So um, Rasmus actually would probably move through that stuff quickly because he doesn't really want them to see him sweat. Um, It's more of a, yes, of course, you know, go and rest. We'll take care of the the basics. We'll, um, you know, set up whatever need be in terms of of fire and food. Um, You've done enough for today. Uh, so Adrian w- with Erwin and Muriel go to the front doors. They kind of unlock the, the paddings that would have been reestablished after you all left. Seemingly the family hunkered down with the blights being as they were. Uh, as you all enter, again, nothing seems untoward. The two young boys kind of find their way out from the top floor. And not many words are exchanged. The boys kind of see Claudio is very exhausted, if not maybe physically wounded as he was. We'll speed a little bit through preparations for the night of rest. Uh, Rasmus, you specifically, Adrian kind of beckons you to the side as everything happens. And he, he says to you, as, as I mentioned earlier, you being a person of, of faith, of belief, rather than strictly one of of intentional bloodshed and vitriol I he hesitates what I'm about to share with you is something known to the keepers of the feather and held collectively by the keepers of the feather for many generations as we have wished to keep track of this to ensure it not fall into nefarious hands, but also that once the time was right, someone capable of utilizing it to its fullest could could be entrusted with it. And he kind of beckons you to follow if you wish to do so. Yeah, of course. So he takes you... Uh, actually downstairs uh, and I'll kind of highlight for you specifically though obviously the rest of the group will be able to see it mechanically Uh, behind those fermentation vats is a door and there's a stairwell he actually takes you into 
the cellar of of the Wizard of Wines. Mm-hmm. And again, not many words are exchanged. He kind of just leads you down and goes into kind of this area where on the map you'll see the barrels. Uh, just kind of take that as standard storage and accoutrement, things like that. Yeah. He goes through, kind of shuffling through a few things, moves some items out of the way. Then there's a small chest that he unlocks, opens up, and he's doing all of this with his back to you, lifts up, and hands something I'm going to share only with you. Okay. So you will get that in just a second. Okay. So while all of this is happening, so Adrian and Rasmus have gone downstairs. Bjorn, you're, I assume, still quite infatuated with your uh, your new item you're becoming Looking familiar with. Pre-bloodified. Uh, so that has been handed to you, Rasmus, and he begins to share some of the uh, details with you. Uh, okay. But again, we'll save that for the time being okay. for the others. As the rest of you are, um, I, I guess Sophie and uh, Zephra, as you all are I guess, kind of being ushered around by the boys... Uh, again, you're kind of being given the standard spiel. Zephyr, that you heard previously, please make yourself comfortable. Uh, Davian, the elder uh, of the family, has come out, and uh, at least to this point, doesn't seem that he has been made aware of what outside looks like. Uh, but he, uh, again, like, my family's been brought back safe. He came, seems overjoyed that Stefania and Claudia are back, and says, my my home is yours to to rest, please. The least I can offer for all of this. He looks at you, Sophie. I see we have a new member. And Sophie's going to look around at everything and say, just comes out with it automatically and says, do you have any blood? I never drink wine. Hold on, let me. Hold on. I got it. Thank you. See, I thought you were going to hit us with. See the bunny shoot it, eat it, make a hat. <laughs> I thought you were going to f*** your blood. If I can throw in a Dracula reference, I will. It will happen. Uh, this immediately turns Davian's view to you. Why would you ask for such a heinous thing in my home? She- or at all? What are you? She's just going to smile at him and open her mouth and point at her fangs. The old man's going to take that cane that he's kind of been resting on and like he tries to frame himself on a wall and points it at you and just starts yelling demon. Kill it. I'm going to step in between. Yes, but we need her to get to him. I'm his wife. He's shaking. (laughs) (laughs) He oh. looks. He looks at you, Zephra, and says, "If you trust her, she is with you, and you both." And he kind of again braced on the wall. You can see shaking with anger, gestures like toward a window. We'll stay out there. I don't trust her, but I'm going to keep an eye on her. She just nods. That seems fair. 
Didn't really answer the blood question, though. Davian, uh, as much as an older gentleman on a cane can backpedal, he just kind of, he doesn't want to leave eyes off of you, Sophie, after that glorious introduction. (laughs) So, uh, Erwin is going to kind of make his way upstairs after hearing the ruckus. Uh, There are... Toward the stairwell, as you guys are on the upper floor, toward the stairwell, you hear kind of the far-off arguing of, I don't care what she is, we need right now. Father, stop, I'll stay out there. Erwin kind of being ever the host, the the Blue Water Inn barkeep and uh, innkeeper kind of kicks in, and you see the light switch flip as best it can. Your request's peculiar. Uh, We don't have anything of that but i do have some accommodations i will prepare for for you sophie uh in the stables there is kind of an offside room i will make sure you have a place to rest there i will also be there as it seems my father wants to have someone play party to that so well i'm used to sleeping in better accommodations um Castle is much nicer than this place. Erwin doesn't even let you finish after Castle and says, please, for all that is good, <laughs> stop referencing everything. <laughs> Follow peaceably into the stables. Now. All right. I guess I'll try that wine if you have any. I'm so defeated. <laughs> she... As she wanders over to the staples. Politely. Okay. <laughs> She's not dangerous, guys. She's just living yeah, her best life. Don't know that. Qu- quietly, calmly, we'll go peacefully. <laughs> we'll enjoy but it. it. <laughs> and we can stop this thing. Lenny. <laughs> anyway. The so- votes of thousands of constituents, anyway. Yeah, I thought you guys were gonna go with the "I'm Lenny" part. All right, I, my oh, big mistake. Well, this is Homer and Carl. That's Lenny. <laughs> there it is. Okay, so sunset. Obviously, it's at night. Unless anybody has any other thoughts, we'll pass through the evening. Uh, eventually, for, for what it's worth, um, the what what you sent to me, I would spend the evening uh, outside of like general rest. Um, mm. studying it. Okay. And you know what I mean by that. Um, mm-hmm. Understandable. So, we arrive to the morning with, again, nothing untoward last night. How does the party wish to wake up? Do you all wish to gather back in the home? Sophie, you kind of slept outside, but again, in covered accommodations, you were not left out to the ravages of nature. Was there rope out there? No. I mean, it's horse tables, so probably, but not like explicitly sitting on a table for you to grab. I just think it would be very uh, interesting if who's who's out there watching her? Do not hurt Erwin. No, no, Erwin no. is sleeping out there with you. Like, not with you. He's like probably sleeping in the stables proper. Uh, I'd say when he went to check on her, he finds her literally just hanging. Like, she hung herself by the neck in the middle of the night. But she wakes up and sees him and just kind of, like, takes the... Because she doesn't breathe. 
I think this is just comical to me. So she just kind of takes the rope and drops down and looks up at it and says, you know, I think I've tried that once or twice and it never works. Erwin has a dagger in his hand. Again, (laughs) probably in the reaction of like needing to pull something out to cut you down and just looks and says, I deal with this because I feel as though I must, but do not take this as understanding or appreciation of your behavior. And he kind of slides that dagger back into his little like belt hilt. Yeah, are we all kind of sheath. Are we all kind of like in the same barn? Yeah, well, same for just out of respect for the patriarch of this family that we go out to Sophie rather than her coming back in the house. That's cold. I was going to say, for the rest of you, you all would have been in the home. Like, Sophie and Erwin, just by proxy of trying to appease his father, the only two actually staying in the stables last night. Is How long does the attunement take? Am I, is that overnight thing or like a... I mean, I would say if you stayed up overnight, you probably would have connected pretty well with it. Okay. So is, Cody, I guess, go ahead. Yep. Yeah. I was just going to say or ask uh, real quick, the the item in question for me, is it possible for me to like affix it to my shield? Like to the front of it? I would say yes. I mean, it's well, well that, that's my question is, but yeah, it's, that's my question is where, where it should be. Is it like amulet or is it like something that can be presented? I'd love to, to not permanently, but affix it to the front of my shield in some way. I would say if you feel like capable of like, I'd say like wrapping it around with the chain or however you would typically yeah, like affix something to the front to of it, it, something like yeah. that. I'd say yeah. you should be able to do that. Dope. That's the yeah. idea then. So then the next time you guys see me, um, this item has been lashed to the front of my shield. Oh, because um, my shield doesn't have ill modern symbol That's on it. I have man. a holy symbol that has that. This instead mm. now takes over the the cover of it. Um, very similar to the so you know modern symbol is those those hands that are lashed together with like twine. I imagine that's what he would have done. Basically, is wrapped it around so that this is held onto the front of the shield that way. Okay, sounds like you made yourself a new like version of the family crest. Like a, a, a <laughs> you you might say that. I'm not yeah. acknowledging it. I'm just pointing out that it's there. Yeah, out of character, could, I'm pointing out it's there. Mm-hmm. So do you, oh. go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. I, I, are we starting to kind of gather at this point? Yes, I was going to ask. Does anybody have any, like, I, I assume, as you said, Rasmus, if you're all gathering at the stable, you're bringing your shield with that affixed to it? Yeah, and I and I assume, I mean, for what it's worth flavor-wise, that, that Rasmus is up early um, keeping that thing with him. He normally wouldn't just wander around the house with it, but since he's trying to kind of attune to it, right. Um, keeping it with him while he helps in whatever, you know, morning preparations are necessary. If there's the ability to, to make food or, uh, um, I don't know, gather wood, I guess he wouldn't be making a fire in the morning, but whatever, whatever's helpful. He's always making himself handy. Right. So I would, uh, just by proxy of how the house is, you know, prepared for the night, Rasmus, if you were to kind of go out and about or everybody, uh, if you would see the ground floor map, let me do a little bit of this. This is the the path you would probably take going from the fermentation vat area, going into the stables, and then out that way. Like the front yeah. doors would likely still be chained and locked from the end to right. make sure everything's that way. I think as that's going on, like uh, Bjorn comes from whatever room that he was in or from whatever dark like area he was at. Um, and I, as, you, as he kind you, of like walked- in a room. Sorry, 
I said, you can attune to it in a room. Like, ah, right. just a, but he's yeah, leaving from that and he's meeting up with, with the group. And as he's walking up, like, you can tell he's 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 definitely been attuning with this thing because he, he, you you see Bjorn actually, like, cut at his hand. A lot of other scars there from previous, but this is just a, a, a different situation. And he just kind of wipes across that blade. And then all of a sudden you see him kind of like, waving it around, swinging it around, um, almost as if it's just kind of floating without him actually holding it. Um, it it's, it's just going kind of like quick like that. That, that actually plays well. I was going to talk to you kind of afterward, but yeah, tuning to that probably requires, because it is a weapon, some like weapons practice. So like as you've probably been flitting with it and kind of messing with it overnight, that's how you've probably become more connected to the, the spear yeah. itself. Yeah, he's put his daggers to the side, his double blades, and he's kind of like leaned into this thing, and he's been just kind of it, it just going along just like it's a flow, like it's a rhythm, like, a, like, like music or, or water flow. Okay. So as uh, Zephyr, are you gathering outside as well? Are you kind of following the rest of the crew as you go out? Okay. Yes, I am. So Erwin uh, probably greets you all at the front of the stables and regales you with this tale of Sophie's feigned uh, hanging attempt. And we'll just openly say the morbidity of that one. She clearly has... She has clearly been attuned to Strahd or connected to Strahd in some format. She tries and to you kind of, herself. It's weird. And you you kind of just... He, he sighs. Like, you could tell he's distressed by this whole thing. Uh, um, Sophie, I assume, yeah, are you coming out? Are you kind of staying back in that room? Uh, no, she comes out. She's rubbing her neck a little bit. She's got a weird mark on her. You know, a little rope burn. Cody, would um, would Rasmus, and more particularly his his new um, and improved shield, would being around it be uncomfortable for her? That's a good even question. when it's not doing anything. Actually, uh, give me a just a general like perception with advantage uh, for uh, Sophie. Oh, okay. All right, first roll. Uh, that is 16. Okay. A second's a five. All right, you... Uh, you vaguely know of what this item is because, again, the person that turns you. Uh, you know that it is something that could very much be utilized to not only, like, contain or combat Strahd... But by proxy, you as well. Oh yeah, like you I, I, you may not know the particulars of that crest, but you you, know, you see it. It takes less than a second for you to pick up on. That's not good toward me. I I would say her initial reaction because she is still a vampire is to like see it and almost like hiss at it. You know what I mean? Like that classic vampire way, and kind of like arch up and just flames appear in her hands immediately. Uh, because she is threatened. She doesn't do anything, but she just kind of, it takes her a second to calm down. And uh, if she had a heart, it would be racing. If she had a pulse. So Rasmus holds his arm out, almost like like wingspan style, so yeah. the shield, the front of the shield is facing away. And then looks at her, and for the first time, gets to be the one to make the joke, and he goes, ah, it works. 
she she calms herself down and and kind of you know shoots him a smile and then turns around and the smile fades immediately into just like anger and disgust. But she doesn't let anyone see that. After this brief exchange, you all hear from like outside the uh, the stables, Uncle Irwin, Uncle Irwin. And you see the the younger of the two boys kind of run toward the front of the stables. And he's waving like what looks to be like an envelope in his hand. He brings it to Irwin, who briefly in like inspects it, and you see his eyes get wide, and he kind of just generally holds it out to to you all. What is does it? anyone wish to? Bobby, does anyone oh, wish sorry. to? Sorry, I, I I thought he was holding it open and like we could see it. I <laughs> sorry, no, I was he, I was he, waiting he on it. We we're all like there. leaning in yeah. to to look yeah. at it simultaneously. I'll reach um, out to take it. Yeah, Zephra's a storyteller. Okay, she feels like they to do that. Uh, Zephra, you notice a wax seal kind of holding this envelope, and it looks to be a a relatively ornate family crest embossed in it. Uh, you would notice a sword in one of the corners or one of the quadrants. Uh, uh, a flying creature, maybe a bat in one of the uh, other quadrants. And the other two are a little bit less detailed due to just being a rough press of, of wax on an envelope. If you open it up, you see a letter with another kind of wax seal pressed on on the inside. And it reads as follows. My friends, know that I, even after our brief encounters, have kept close watch on you and may have played part to bringing you to this land, my home. I likewise know that as you wish to release me from it, I too can release you from it. I bid you dine at the castle. Please allow me to let us meet in civilized surroundings. Your passage here, and you see a, a comma, with Irina, comma, will be a safe one. I await your arrival. Your host, Strahd von Zenerovich. And we'll cut it off there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to kill something. Sophie, <laughs> Sophie liked that letter. So. Every, everybody hates that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sophie liked The it. puppy will remember this. <laughs> that, uh. Loyal listeners is where we will take our pause, our one-month hiatus. We are taking a break from the Curse of Strahd campaign for the month of October, but we do plan to pick up in early November with the return to this crew, their new toys, and how to play a party, perhaps, to one Count Strahd von Zarevich as he has bid them come and dine at his humble abode. AKA Castle Ravenloft. Thank you so much. Enjoy the dinner that he offers. That's polite of him, honestly. 
Well, those are the reactions we'll hope to pull in a few weeks. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you tuning in. Again, we are taking a brief hiatus, and that is because we have some fun games on Tuesdays just around the corner starting next week, and I will pass that baton to Double H and Shannon to tell you not only what's happening this week, but what will be happening during the spooky month for PZ85 plays. Well, goddamn son of a bitch, Hunter, if it doesn't sneak up on you, it's that time of the year again. (laughs) <laughs> it is uh yesterday we started laying the foundation for our our halloween game this year um we talked about doing some new horrors of perryville which we will definitely do at some point and for the record this might even tie into that as well you never know. um but but something that we're we're doing new this year because it is a new game this year uh we've talked about it a little bit on here uh the guys over at darrington press which is as cody pointed out the publishing arm of critical role the hottest thing in, in tabletop RPGs and especially on the internet um, have produced a, a new really interesting uh, gothic horror magic based game uh, called Candela Obscura they're they're doing a playthrough right now um, the game itself is not fully available but it's quick start guide is basically it's preview and so for the next um, likely five episodes four but potentially five because that last game would be on Halloween night. I don't think we're planning on playing the actual day of, but we're looking to record an episode ahead of time for you. So you'll get it on Halloween day. Um, we got five episodes of PZ 85 plays Candela Obscura coming your way. So I'm going to hop back in the old GM chair for the first time in a long time. Um, you'll be hearing from, uh, Shannon, from Lindsay. We're bringing Tanner back into the fold and from Steven bright as well. Joining us for the first time. That's right. For the yeah. first time since Fallout, uh, he did such a great job in Fallout, and I really think this is going to uh, appeal to him as well. Um, like I said, we started laying the foundation, the groundwork yesterday, um, but the first episode of that will be next Tuesday, which is October 2nd, if I remember correctly. Well, Hunter. Uh, no, 3rd. October 3rd, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah. Well, Hunter, it's not just uh, plays that's getting into the spooky mood this time of the year. That's right. We've got an all um, month, all lineup all month of, of terrifying tales and uh, interesting conversation that we're going to kick off tomorrow with the mm. extras and epilogues uh, with dog soldiers, with our good friend, the dog man himself, in here in the chat with us, Kazman. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be discussing Neil Marshall's werewolf classic. We've got some questions and we got some thoughts. Um, Thursday, we'll kick off Terrifying Tanner Thursdays with our annual list of things to watch in October. So get, get your list ready, everybody that's participating. I've got some really good ones that I've seen in the past year. Um, new ones, not just they old don't ones. Have squat. All right. I might have well, one. You're off the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Any more content. I don't think we've ever had a full list that didn't have some repeats on there. There's some things that that's just not you got to do every that's year. That's not true. The no, first the list. First, the first three years have like no repeats. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I like um, his answer better. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I as the horror master and the uh, the biggest lover of horror here. I know Tanner would also like to take that title, but Tanner hasn't watched Predator, so he doesn't get to talk true. about that. It's true. Um, I've got some good ones for you guys this year, so make sure you turn to this Thursday. And then, of course, um, Horse Time on Friday may or may not be spooky themed. We don't know. Uh, it might be the night the skeletons came to life. I don't know. Um, you never you never know what horror first time is going to be until it happens that is that's there's there's no way no. True. that's the true horror that's yeah. what's scary about it you never know what you're going to get until it's you get there. horror time sometimes you don't know what you're going to get <laughs> even after it god i hate it 
Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you do the show with your friends, and then when it's over, you go, "What did we do? <laughs> did we <laughs> did we do a show?" Oh, uh, and then yeah, like Hunter was. Uh, Hunter was saying, uh, "Hollow's Eve Tales returns in October. We've got uh, what is it? Five new spooky stories." in october that's the plan currently we have four (laughs) but there will be five when it's all said and done yes yeah this coming monday is the the very first episode of season two of the hallows details that was maybe my favorite thing overall that we did last year it's a brand new thing absolutely uh, that we we started doing some original horror stories with an overarching story that connects all of them there's a whole new overarching story this year yeah so think of it I hate to, to use this comparison because some of it sucks so much, but think of it like American Horror Story in that sense. Every season yeah. is a new or, sort of thing. It's or, a new anthology. Channel uh, Channel Zero. Channel or, Zero. Channel yeah, Zero. There yeah. you go. Much what, better comparison. However you want to think of it. Last year, we had a lot of good stories. We had uh, the, the psycho killer at the the camp, you know, an ode to the 80s slasher movies. Sure. Uh, we had a strangely sweet tale about a dog protecting its owner from whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lindsay's turn as a uh, deranged, deranged college girl out to murder the man she thinks <laughs> is a werewolf. Uh, what else we have? We had the future shock tale of the end of the world. Yeah. Uh, we had the teachers as uh-huh. as the as the. Oh man, it, it was. Go a, to your members. It was. Yes, a, I do. It was a good series, and I think this month I know the story that I'm writing. I've already got most of it planned out. I'm gonna start putting pencil to paper here in the next week or so. Yep. Um, I'm bringing. If you thought my story last year with the werewolf was bloody, wait till you see this story. This story is going to take the cake. It is a gore fest like you haven't seen before. I'm excited for it. I'm so glad that, that we'll be able to do this. I think uh, I think it's very possible that Tanner's story will, much like it did last year, be our season premiere. Right. Um, I think he's the most close to being completed. He sent me a version that I'm I'm kind of. I think we're kind of gonna do. What we did last year. He's taking the originating credit. I'm taking the screenplay credit for it. So I'm working on uh, on editing some things up for him. But his is pretty close to done. Mine's pretty close to done. So the order may be very similar in that respect. Uh, but again, it's a whole new overarching story. I'm not gonna say a thing about what that is. You're gonna have to tune in to find out for yourself because we're taking it outside the radio station kpdz yeah. is done it's yeah. a whole new deal now. well the world ended, what are you gonna do with it? yeah yeah future show. Uh, and and so we got that uh we've got candela obscura which again if you're a gothic horror fan if you if you like this show and you want more of that kind of feel if you like shows like penny dreadful uh that that's the the theme definitely definitely tune in and check that out um Oh man, there was something we were just talking about that I wanted to to make mention of. Oh shit, uh, Comic Con is this weekend. Yeah, I almost completely forgot. It sure uh, is. We are going to be <laughs> we are going to be at Cape Comic Con. I do want to briefly mention the plan was for us to be there two days. Unfortunately, that is not going to happen. We're not going to be there on Sunday. Uh, not not in that capacity anyway. That version of extras and epilogues will be here instead of there. Um, but we are uh, going to be doing an episode of PZ eighty five plays actually on on. Uh, Saturday afternoon at five o'clock. Um, we have a one hour time slide. So we're doing a one sheet RPG. We're getting right into to Halloween. It's called the witch is dead. Uh, if I remember correctly, currently my player base is Lindsay, Steven and Tanner. So basically, um, Everybody on Candela Obscura except for Shannon. Uh, and if right, Shannon well, wants to do it, I got room for him too. I thought so. I, was a, I was a magpie or something. I don't know. We'll no, you, you rolled it to see what would happen, but you can, yeah, right. you got to do it at the table. That's the thing. So we'll that's the interesting thing about The Witch is Dead is everything happens right there at the table. So you, if you're there at Cape Comic-Con, you get to see this happen in real time. And if I'm you not there. You said for those, right? <laughs> What's that? 
You said D12s for that game? D10. D10s. D10. Yep, okay. And you only need one. You only need one D10. You'll never Sweet. need to roll more than one die at a time. Yeah. Yeah, until yeah. I get a die that I think is being stupid, so I'll bring a couple anyway. <laughs> that that isn't go. real. All right, anyway, that's it. Stay tuned in October <laughs> uh, because it's that haunting season once again. It's my favorite time of the year, and uh, Cody wants no mm-hmm. part of it. I was about, damn it, you took my outro. I was like, for yeah. the guy who has no desire. Yeah. We didn't even talk about AD. We got so much on AD happening that month. We don't even know what it'll be. We uh, can't even tell you because we don't know. We don't know. Other than, again, so it starts this week. I want to hit this one more time. It starts this week. Extras and epilogues tomorrow. We're starting our tomorrow. horror season. That is going to be Dog Soldiers with Kaz. Uh, Thursday, we've got our things to watch in October. And then horrors time. You never know. You just got to tune in. Um, and, and don't forget, we've got themed episodes of Extras and Epilogues. Didn't even get into that because it starts this week, but we have announced not the exact schedule, but uh, we're going to be covering the original Ghostbusters with Cody. We're the only time you hear me this month. Yeah. We're going to be covering uh, Hocus Pocus with Lindsay, if I remember correctly. Beetle we're bringing Juice. in Shelby for an episode of Extras and Epilogues for Beetlejuice. And uh, with Tanner, I don't think we ever fully decided. I, I recommended Scream. I'd love to talk about Scream, but I, I kind of also want to leave it up to Tanner because he's he likes the slashers, so. Well, hey, we could do extras, extra, and extras of extras and epilogues because I also want to talk extras about an, and an American epilogues. Werewolf in London. I've never got the chance. We were going to do it maybe yes, at Comic Con, yes. but now that's not happening. So we'll see what we can do here. But either way, it's going to be a good month for Podzilla. It's probably the last time yes. we'll do it uh, because this show definitely won't be on the air next year. Um, and that's. I want to remind all the listeners. He's been saying this for three years. Three at least years. Now. Three at years. Least. Cody, get us out of here. All right. Uh, this is. <laughs> I had something. I lost it. All right. This has been PZ85 plays Kurt Strahd for Kaz, for Hunter, for Lindsay, and for Shannon. I am Cody Sandusky, your game master. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Uh, be here next week for Candela Obscura being played by this wonderful cast and many special guests. Until then, yeah, be careful. The subtitle, the subtitle is Dressed to Kill, by the Ooh. way. That'll be the first like assignment that. that they're playing. And I'm going to dress All up right. for it. And we're going to live stream it on Facebook. I'm saying it right now. There it is. Fuck yeah. There it there is. There you go. Ooh. Boom. So Boom. until Boom. until you join the new Game Master in this lovely cast, beware. October is on the horizon, which means... Dark gray mist.